Building brand advocates is a constant challenge for us marketeers. How do we get our audiences to know, like and trust us such that they tell all of their friends and family that we're a great brand to work with or buy from? Welcome to Through the Line, the Agency Squared podcast with me, Andy Barjuri. In this episode, I'm talking with Kerry-Ann Stimson, the CMO of Financial Services Group, JMMB. And we talk all about how to be more strategic with your internal marketing. How can we devise strategies and campaigns to engage our internal audiences as a way to build brand advocacy, to build a tribe of those that love our brand and share that with their friends and family. If you're new to internal marketing, I promise you, you'll get some value out of this show. Good morning, Kerry Ann. How are you doing today? Hi, Andy. I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm pleased you're here. Actually, it's good morning for you, but it's good afternoon for me because you're on the other side of the planet in Kingston, Jamaica, whereas I'm in the UK. Uh, So thank you for getting up early to talk to me today. Oh, not a problem. I'm excited to have this conversation. <laughs> Me too, because it's a it's a topic area that I don't think there are too many people really talking about. And that's internal marketing and how we can use internal marketing as a way to, I suppose, amplify the impact of our external marketing and communication. So that's something that I think is is something I'm really intrigued to find out more about. So I'm delighted that you're here. Oh, yes, indeed. Let's do it. (laughs) So let me first of all introduce you because you're currently CMO of uh, JMMB Group, which is a financial services banking group based in Kingston, Jamaica. And if I look back at your career, it feels like it's been financial services marketing for a little while. Yes, Yes, (laughs) I'll let you talk about the number of years if you wish, (laughs) Um, but certainly a good amount of experience. And you are currently the host of the Internal Marketing Podcast. So lovely to have another podcaster join me on the show uh, to to have a good chat about uh, your area of expertise. Absolutely. And, and and you're right. It is a topic that not enough folks are talking about and it has such tremendous benefits. So I'm very excited to get going today. Excellent. Well, why don't we kick off then just with a very simple, what do you mean by internal marketing? And do, is that the same as internal communications or are the two hand in hand? Right. And that's that's a great way to start. And first of all, I want to put the caveat out there that uh, there are a few, I would say perhaps a handful, it feels like, of books and articles that would have been written about internal marketing and what it is. And um, I will admit that probably one of the reasons why it doesn't get talked about the way that it should be is because there doesn't seem to be a common, I would say, alignment across different schools of thought about what internal marketing really uh-huh. is. Uh, but certainly for the context of my own podcast, which is my passion project and, and the other subject matter experts that I've had the pleasure of interacting with so far, quite simply, internal marketing is the flip of external marketing in the sense that what it is, it's really engaging and empowering employees 
uh, in the mission. Well, first of all, engaging them in the mission, the vision, the purpose, mm-hmm. the products, the services of the company, the brand, who we are, what we stand for. And in engaging them to do that, it also comes with the next step of empowering them to be able to both deliver on the brand promise to the customer in whatever, uh, with whatever hat they wear internally, but also empowering them to be advocates of the brand externally. Because when you think about it in our external marketing, I think our customers and prospective customers, they expect that our marketing messages are going to speak positively about the company, right? Absolutely. But our customers and prospective customers customers would faster believe the word of our employees who are insiders who know what's going on (laughs) behind the curtain and underneath the rug. They'd faster believe them than they would believe the messages coming from our traditional marketing channels and through official channels. And so that's what internal marketing is. It's engaging and empowering employees in the mission, the vision, the purpose, the offerings of the brand with a view to helping them to become powerful advocates of the brand. And I'd say as, as a conclusion, that's the difference between internal marketing and internal comms in my in my experience is that internal marketing takes it to the level of advocacy whereas internal comms kind of takes it to a point yes there is engagement and helping our employees to be great at what they do within the context of the organization but internal marketing takes it to the level of advocacy and I'd say that's the difference between the two. Okay, that makes sense. And and I guess it kind of feels like the term internal marketing is a bit more all encompassing, rather than internal communications, which feels then it may be more of a kind of one way street. Whereas marketing is, as you say, engaging and empowering employees to be your internal brand ambassadors. Uh, And I think if you look at external marketing, it's a bigger toolkit, isn't it, than you have in external communications. And it's, as you say, flipping that to focus on an internal audience is the difference. Right, right. And again, that empowerment piece, which is giving them the tools and everything they need to be those external advocates for the brand. Okay, so so what are the key levers then that you see internal marketeers pulling that help them to, you know, establish this team of brand advocates? Well, I think the first thing is that um, like any great uh, marketing uh, strategy your offering is the first thing that you're going to have to get straight right um, and in, again another point of contention because not everybody agrees with this point but in the case of internal marketing the offering you could say ostensibly is the job it's the company culture it's the environment so again no one is going to give a positive word of mouth for a product that sucks, right? So <laughs> in the case of employees, um, if I don't, if I work in a company that doesn't value me, if I don't feel heard or seen and the, I'm not being fairly compensated, that sort of thing, then I'm not going to want to give positive word of mouth about my brand, where I work and the products that we offer. So the first thing is working with those aspects of the company that control our culture, which is really your people function, your HR. Yeah. Those, that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing is doing your research, understanding how engaged our employees are in the brand. Are they proud to work for the company? Do they understand what makes us great and unique? Do they feel that there is something to talk about externally? And then, of course, filling those gaps through internal communications and internal education. And then the final step 
would be, of course, the empowerment piece. How are we giving our employees the information and the tools that they need to be able to advocate for the brand externally? So again, whether it be things like product training, services training, uh, but also for those who want to use their voices online, creating content, building their personal brands, helping them with those tools as well so that they can, again, be that voice of the brand outside. Got you. Okay, so you, you touched on quite some pretty big topics there. You know, if we mm. if we drill into culture for a little bit first of all, because you know, company culture has a massive impact on business performance, doesn't it? It certainly does. And, and as you say, working with our partners in the people or personnel or HR functions really important. And I think one of the one of the things I come across a lot in teaching marketing qualifications is the need to engage with different business functions. And I think the HR function is probably one of the more important, isn't it? If you Indeed. want to uh, understand culture and, and make a change in culture. Indeed. And I mean, as a marketer, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that we're guilty of not engaging the people, the HR function as often as we should. And, and again, I, I get it because for those of us who went to marketing school, the, the constituent we talk about the most is the customer. Fine. And that's very important. We need our customers to, to do business. And also we talk about, you know, the, the connections with the sales team, that, th- that sort of thing. But we never spend enough time understanding the role that employees across the business can play in the success of our external marketing. And to be able to do that, you're going to have to engage your people function for a number of reasons. Do we have the right people in the company to deliver on the brand promise? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the culture again where it should be? Do employees Employees feel valued and heard. All of those things, we need to be partners with our HR function across the business so that when we are giving those great brand promises externally, our people function, our employees would be well on board because there's that alignment already in place. Yeah, I, I really like that. And you're right. You know, if you're studying any kind of marketing, putting the customer at the heart of your thinking is is a core concept, isn't it? But yes. rarely does that customer involve the internal customer or internal audiences. Yes, indeed. But how do you how do you measure that employee engagement? How do you really understand if your team is on the bus going in the same direction as you? That's another great question. So I, I think, well, first of all, I know a lot of folks would be perhaps very familiar with the concept of things like cost, uh, not customer, employee satisfaction and engagement surveys, right? Which basically you do these internal surveys ever so often to understand, again, whether employees are happy and healthy working at the company that they're at. And then that's, that, that, that's certainly something we want to continue to do. But in the context of internal marketing, we're again, proposing that we take that a step further to understand uh, what's the level of brand engagement to Mm. the extent that do they feel proud saying that they work for company X because again the external reputation is solid or do they feel proud because they believe that internally we are living true to who we say we are we're being authentic as a brand Uh, do they understand why our products and services are great do they believe that our products and services have a great value 
proposition to offer to the customer. All of these types of brand engagement questions and things we really need to understand because if our employees themselves aren't convinced that we're wonderful and that what we have to offer the customer is is, is fantastic, then you're going to see that come out in how they serve the customers and whether or not they'll advocate positively on our behalf. Yes, completely. And I think in any service or business, you can see the difference an engaged employee makes in terms of you know, the impact they make on that customer experience. Yes, indeed. And and this is not just only for the purpose of advocacy. It helps things like breaking down silos across an organization when you yeah. have a team of folks who are engaged. And also even for those on the front line, do they believe that they have all the tools they need to deliver on the fabulous brand promises that we've been making in our marketing messages? <laughs> because if they don't feel comfortable, if they themselves aren't convinced or don't feel that they have the tools that they need, then... Uh, again, they're not going to be able to deliver on the promise or be great advocates on our behalf externally. Yeah. And, and if you think about it, if we as marketeers are making promises around quality of a product or a service, but our teams aren't bought into that and delivering it, that's a pretty weak, false promise, isn't it? We're not going to get too far in yes, the long indeed. term. Yes, yeah. Indeed. So this kind of really backs up that market orientation piece where you know, we need as a brand to be customer oriented, not just in what we say, but in what we do. And that's really what you're empowering here, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah. Indeed. Okay. So when we talk about, we've done the surveys, we know we've got some, the teams engaged, but we want to ramp it up a little bit. We want to start doing some communications. Typically, what are the sort of channels, tools, tactics that you use in internal marketing to engage a team? Yes. So again, because internal marketing, I like to think of it as the flip of external. It's the same sort of communications approach uh, strategy that you would utilize internally to your employees, bearing in mind that they are a different set of constituents, right? So the channels that you would use, of course, would be dependent on where your employees are and how they engage. And in a post-COVID world, uh, it's probably far more complex uh, for a lot of companies who have things like hybrid workers, remote workers, some are in office, some not, we're going to have to get very creative in how we engage our employees. I know in my organization, we've been doing things like live streams, you know, on channels like YouTube, where our employees come on board, and you can log on perhaps seven o'clock at night, uh, because that's when you'll probably catch most people. And we'll have live streams about topics of interest that pertain to the brand or what's happening in the company. We do internal podcasts as well. Where, oh, really? Okay. Yes, yes. So whereas you have things like your regular e-newsletter, which uh, works for some companies, absolutely do that if it works. For us, we found an internal podcast to be very valuable because fo- folks like to consume content through vis- audiovisual means, not just through reading. And so we have a weekly internal podcast that talks about things like what's happening with brand products and services, how to build your own personal brand online, that sort of thing. So that's another way to engage folks. Face-to-face town halls are always great. Uh, we can't forget those. I mean, yes, it's post-COVID, but I know a lot of us still love the human face-to-face connections or road shows to the different office locations, branch locations is something that I know has worked for us. So I'd say all of those basic things that are done with a view to having your employees and how they consume content in mind and just deliver on those in much the same way you would have delivered your traditional marketing communications externally to customers. 
Uh, that makes sense. So treating your internal audiences with the same kind of respect and qualities as you would an external audience and, and having Absolutely. that mixed bag of different formats there. I, I, I like the idea of an internal podcast. That sounds like a lot of fun. It and, is. you know, those those town halls are a kind of staple, aren't they, of all internal communications where, you know, the senior leadership stands up and gives a, a, an address to all as to the current state of the market or state yes. of play. So I like that. Yes, indeed. And I'd like to add to Andy that even those town halls, you can get creative with them. They don't just have to be about company business. I mean, we've done town halls solely dedicated to things like work-life balance, uh, juggling parenting and career, you know, things like that, that really go beyond, okay, we've made $50 million in profit this quarter. <laughs> and this is, and which is important, don't get me wrong. But again, you're talking about your audience. What do your employees care about? Yeah. And as their partner in life and, and how they achieve their goals as alongside the company achieving theirs, can we provide content that supports them in a value-added way in the much the same way we generate content for our external customers in a value-added way as well? So we can get creative as well. I encourage that. Yeah, that, that's really interesting is you know, thinking beyond just the business performance point of view there and how can we add value? What was the term you used there? We're partners for life, I think. Yes, yes. That's actually a really interesting way of looking at it. And, and I think that speaks volumes for the kind of organization that you work for, the, the function that you run here, Carrie Ann. Yes, it's obviously yes. very people-oriented. Very much so. Do very you think so. that has, has that changed as a result of the pandemic? Or have you always been that way and, and just the pandemic has opened up a whole new suite of channels for you to communicate with? Right. Well, I know for my organization, uh, we've always been very people focused. I mean, uh, just to double back real quick, the basis on which we were founded was we were founded as an in invest, a boutique investment firm that gave access to the money market uh, for the average Jamaican at the time who couldn't access it with a few hundred dollars in their pocket. Uh, so for us, it was about seeing all human beings as created equal, having their own goals and dreams, and how are we going to partner with them to empower them? to achieve those dreams. So that has always been who we are. And we've always felt that our people, our employees were a key component in mm -hmm. that trajectory because if our employees don't feel the same level of empowerment and love, which is what our brand is about and best interest, then our customers won't be able to feel it either. So we've kind of always been that way. I think what COVID has done is that it has opened up opportunities for us to rethink how we can engage our team members more creatively again, in a hybrid remote uh, kind yeah. of world so that the culture and the connection remain strong. And also bearing in mind what, what COVID has done or certainly coming out of the pandemic has done, Andy, is that it's caused our customers to look differently at businesses as well. You know, so when you read all the trust studies, you know, the, the trust barometers of this world that talk about trust in institutions is uh, relatively low, whereas mm. trust people would faster trust the word of their peers, their neighbors, their friends, family, more so than they would trust the word of maybe government or even the traditional media. Uh, <laughs> recognizing that we really do have to stay close to our people and let them know that we care about them and their well-being just as much as we care about our customers. It's fascinating because it really feels like it's a core component of your 
culture of your the vision of your organization is to empower your people it and is, and that is. really speaks volumes and, and obviously that's one of the reasons why you're so excited about talking on about internal marketing yes I can totally is. get that and the, the interesting also in terms of trust in institutions particularly financial services institutions don't always have the most amount of trust from their audience but you know you, <laughs> I know right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've got your work cut out for you but clearly Very much so. what you're doing is working which is which is really exciting Very much so. so once you kind of have understood your internal audiences and you've got some good communications going on across various different vehicles which is great how do you kind of move people from being uh, engaged and understanding the vision to being empowered to then doing something about it and you you talked to the a couple of times about personal branding and giving it, uh, teams the tools they need to actually be the voice of the business yes explore that a bit more for me Keria. Oh, certainly. So when we talk about empowerment, I, I like to think of empowerment in two ways. So the first level of empowerment is empowering them to be able to deliver on the brand promise. So I mentioned earlier about things like your frontline employees. Do they have all the tools they need to serve our customers to be able to, again, deliver on the promise that we've been making to our customers? Uh, do they feel a great sense of connection across the business? Do they feel like they're a part of this vision and mission that we've set forth? And so if they feel that they can be those um, enablers of what it is we say we offer to the customers and that they can deliver, that's a, that's the first tier of empowerment I'd like yes. to add. And that's part of what internal marketing should be addressing as well. But the second level of empowerment is empowerment to advocacy. Uh, how are we giving them the tools and the safe space to be able to be ambassadors of the brand? And I like to talk about safe space, Andy, because especially in this online world where, uh, again, building up brands in the digital space is just as important. Uh, if we are at a point where employees feel muzzled, right? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say if companies believe that they can muzzle their employees in the social media <laughs> online world, they got another thing coming, you know, it's the glass, neat. the glass doors of this world. <laughs> um, you know, your employees can go postal on your company, whether you like it or not. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's just be real about that. But other than that, though, recognizing that our employees are people too, they have their own communities and neighborhoods and, and friends and family and colleagues, and they're post Posting on social, whether you like it or not, wouldn't it be great if they felt a level of engagement and empowerment where they want to talk about the great things that are happening at your company, again, within the guardrails of, of your social media policy of what they can and cannot share, certainly. But, you know, talking about what makes them happy. Why do they enjoy working for company ABC? Mm. What motivates them to serve or wonderful clients and, you know, things that they would have done that really give them a great sense of purpose? and how their purpose aligns with the company purpose. It's such a wonderful conversation that employees can have. And if we as an organization can empower them with the tools, the steps, yes, the guardrails, the policies, but the tools and the steps to be able to help them to use their voices externally, uh, the company brand gets to go along for the ride and at a fraction of the cost of your traditional marketing and certainly with more authenticity and believability. So that's the second level of empowerment. It's how can they use their voices externally, particularly in the online space? 
Yeah, I think you're right there. You know, people are talking about us as brands, whether we like it or not. Yes. So may as well give them the tools, empower them to to do it in a way in which supports our business, our brand. Absolutely. And I think that's really important because we can't always control that. Not and you mentioned Glassdoor, which is the employee uh, employee review platform, isn't it? Yes, yes. You know that that can be a bit of a wild west sometimes. As some of the commentary <laughs> on there, yes, so, indeed. You know, important to to help our team understand or our employees to understand what they can and can't do, and give them some tools. And you mentioned guardrails there, which I think is is essential, really, isn't it, to set the ground rules for what can and can't be said, but also allowing them the freedom to to tell the stories that support the brand. Yes, yes. And 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 again, you know, I don't want companies to believe well, certainly as a CMO, I get it because I've I've done media interviews with employ- about employees who have unfortunately gone rogue on social media in the past. So I get it that as owners of a brand, you want to protect that brand and having your social media policies in place that again give the guidelines about what can and cannot be shared and training your employees in those policies so there yeah. is awareness is very important as a first step, but recognizing that the policy really should not be about muzzling. It should be about enabling and empowering and sharing that understanding that, you know what, we we know you have a voice and we respect the fact that you would want to use your voice, but recognize too that whether you like it or not, you're a representative of the organization. So how can we work together to build a brand for the company, which benefits all employees as well, and how you would want to benefit your personal brand, which benefits you as well. So it's about having that frank conversation, which gives that spirit of mutual empowerment and mm-hmm. sharing and understanding. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. And that term personal brand, I think that's really come to the forefront over the last two, three, four years, I would say. And a lot of that, certainly if we're talking B2B, is around sharing stories on LinkedIn, shall we say, around what you're up to in your professional life. But of course, not everybody in an organization is is has a, a B2B orientation. They could also be just talking to friends and family, and we need to empower them to understand how to tell that story as well, right? That's right. And I'm glad you mentioned because what we're discussing obviously has benefits for in the B2B space, but in B2C as well, it has tremendous benefits because what you're really doing at that point is you're putting a human face to your brand. Mm. And especially if I always talk about great products like Dove, which has a fantastic brand, uh, but obviously you buy Dove on the supermarket shelf, what have you, and you don't really know who works for Dove. But if, if Dove were to decide, and I don't know if they have already, but if they were to decide that their employees can talk about how great it is to work for an organization that lifts the standard of beauty or helps all women, all people to feel beautiful in in how they look and how they carry themselves, then you're putting an even more human face on a wonderful brand. And in the B2C space, that's certainly as beneficial as it is in B2B. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. You know, wh- wherever you are, you want your team to be sharing the values of the brand. And you know, Dove is a fantastic brand built over many years, isn't it? Yes, it um, is. And I don't know. It will be interesting to do a bit of homework to find out if they are. Yes, I should. Terms. I really yeah. should. <laughs> I think it's a Unilever brand, isn't it, Dove? I think it's Unilever. 
It probably is, and you know, I, 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 again, I'll, I'll claim ignorance. <laughs> but yes, I mean, I, I, as a user of their products, I love them, and that's all I know, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Might be one to ask the Google that one to see who yes, they belong to. Yes, <laughs> we should. We should. So, go, going back to those kind of tools, obviously talked about the guardrails and setting the parameters in which people can and can't communicate. But what other kind of tools do you use to empower employees to? to move to that level of being advocates. Right. So one of the things that I find useful, especially for those employees, we talk about building their personal brands and who'd want to do that, uh, because whether they're on the sales team or they're in the back office, uh, I think it's very important for all employees to understand that it's important that you recognize that a digital footprint, a strong digital footprint for the health and strength of your career is a good thing. So what we've done is we do things like personal branding training, where we bring in a personal branding coach uh, to have a workshop with those employees who want to learn how to show up online. And it helps them to do things like defining who they are, how they want to show up, who is their ideal audience that they want to speak to and serve in the digital space. How do they want to use their voices? Do they want to do a personal podcast like me? Or do they want to start a blog? Or do they just want to engage on a platform like LinkedIn or X or formerly Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, there are many ways that they may want to show up and what that kind of training does, it it helps helps them to define that um, and also helps them to overcome the barriers that probably some of them have in wanting to use their voices as well. So I would say definitely start there. And if there are tools that you can provide, uh, I know some companies go as far as supporting with things like microphones and cameras, you know, things like that, that say, hey, we support what you're doing. And especially if it's aligned with our industry, we want to be a part of that and doing things like collaborative posting. You know, I always talk, we have a great example of one of our employees who does a travel blog on the side. It has nothing to do with her role. But she loves to travel and she has a travel blog. And we've done collaborative content with her because we're financial services. So we did a piece on how to plan a vacation on a budget. And we did a collab with her. So her audience got exposed to our brand and our brand got exposed to her content. And so there was a great quid pro quo where everybody benefited. And so it's those sorts of things. It's giving our tools, giving the tools to our team to be able to use their voices and show tangible support in that regard. I really like that. You know, you're, you're painting a picture of an organization that's great to work for, I have to say. Yes, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. And maybe that's the point here, actually, is, you know, this is not this is, this is a sign of a very healthy organization with a very strong people-oriented culture. If you're going to the extent to define and build an internal marketing function, that that's, yes. that, that's a... Not every organization has that. If, you, if you're not marketing oriented or people oriented, you're going to probably struggle with this. Exactly. And, and, and you're, you're speaking to one of the big benefits of internal marketing as well is the fact that you're building a strong employer brand. You know, mm. and why that's important, Andy, because I know a lot of folks are like, well, if we're going to be empowering our employees to be building their personal brands online, then they're going to leave us because somebody's going to see them and poach them and, you know, we'll lose great people. But first of all, if some, if your employees have to leave, then that's, that's probably okay. And I understand the challenge with that, but you would have been building a great employer brand so that if they do leave, you're going to have no problem attracting great people to replace them because <laughs> you've built such a one 
wonderful brand is a great place to work. So people are like, hey, I want to go work for company ABC. So I know your recruiting team will be happy about that as well. So it's another great benefit of internal marketing is a wonderful employer brand as well. Yeah, I like that. And and I've had instances with clients that are really careful about uh, protecting, hiding who their teams are. Oh, I don't even yes. know how that's possible in this day and age, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, on digital and social media, I don't it's, know. That's right, because we're all storytellers now, whether we like it or not, even having a very simple social media presence yes, is, is enough to be able to find out a bit about a person. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. I have a very good friend who just got a job the other day, and she's, she, she has never posted a thing on LinkedIn but how she got the job is that she has a LinkedIn account. She just doesn't post. But somebody saw her and sent her a DM and the rest is history. So we can't hide them. So <laughs> let's let's just make it a great culture, empower them, give them the tools they need, build a great brand. And yeah, I totally love that. That's out. such a good way to look at look at it. You know, mm-hmm. give them the tools to be the best person they can be. And that will support us in achieving our organizational objectives as well. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Who do you... Who do you look at brand-wise and go, you know what, they're really good at this? Who, Obviously, apart from your own organization, which <laughs> seems to be doing a good job, but who do you look at outside of your world and think, you know, that's a case study. That's someone that if I was to start again in internal marketing, that's who I would look at for some inspiration. Right. Well, first of all, no company is perfect. I'm going to put that caveat out there and I don't work for them. So forgive me. Probably if I were to work for the company, it would be a different story. But from the outside, there are some great brands, I think, that that could be held up as vanguards of doing internal marketing very well, it seems. Brands like Apple. Okay. Uh, Southwest Airlines. Um, and hey, maybe even Harley Davidson, you know. Oh, really? Say why? Okay. Because why say those brands too, Andy, is that again, I'm, I'm, I'm a customer. I have been a customer of those brands, except Harley Davidson <laughs> at one point or the other. I, 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 I won't be riding a motorbike anytime soon. But <laughs> what you realize with those brands, why you would have to conclude that internal marketing is strong is when you go in as a customer, that experience, you get it from the people that you engage with as employees of the company. When you walk into an Apple store, that consistent delivery of service that's so aligned with who, what the brand says it stands for and the experience that you get as a customer, the seamless alignment, similarly with Southwest Airlines interfacing with their great employees, you know, and even Harley, who even, they're a motorbike, they're less so, um, well, I guess the touch comes maybe in the purchasing process and then and you, you know, you, you use a motorbike, but ultimately the customers feel like they're a part of a community, which includes employees, which includes a great aligned experience that's mm. built on what the brand says it stands for in an authentic way. And so in my view, I think those are great examples of how companies have done the in work internally in terms of engaging and empowering their employees to deliver on the brand promise and to be great ambassadors of the brand. And then how that translates to the customer, it's obvious, it's wonderful. So I would say those are probably the best examples of where internal marketing could be working very well in organizations that we're familiar with. Yeah, I mean, I can completely relate to Apple there. Having been to had a, a genius bar experience not as long ago. You know, you, yes. you do get, you do feel that from the Apple employees. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about Southwest Airlines, never flown with them, but it's unusual no. to hear of an airline that I think has a great people orientation. Yes, indeed. You, you, yes, that's, indeed. A, that's something else. But Harley <laughs> Davidson, I think, you know, that that's not surprising, is it? Because 
it is a brand that is a bit of a has a cult following, doesn't it? Yes, so yes. You probably have to want to work there, and if you work there, you probably do love Harley Davidson. Yes. So that absolutely, makes absolutely, yeah. yeah. Interesting. I'm going to have to have a look at some of those. That, well, not Apple because everyone has Apple, but Southwest Airlines and Harley Davidson, I think, will be really great brands to do a little bit of digging on and see see if there is that internal marketing going on that. that uh, that it seems like there would be from the outside. Yes, indeed. I guess the, the final question from me really is, obviously all of this takes work and it takes budget and other resources. And, you know, in this day and age, it's difficult to talk about doing stuff without saying, well, how do we measure the impact of this? How do we see whether the investment we make in internal marketing is is paying dividends? I wonder whether you've got any insights as to how uh, a marketeer could measure this. Certainly, and and you know, first of all, I, I want to I want to give some word of um, comfort to those who believe that it's super expensive. I guess anything can be expensive as you want it to be. I know for my organization, I would say the first thing you need is leadership buy-in. That's probably the most difficult step mm-hmm. because things like our internal podcast, Andy, you know, we do that on a cell phone. Okay, um, it's that simple with a nice Canva app, uh, and you do your recording on your cell phone, and we can edit it in Canva and. We we send it out on our email platform. So if, if, if as a company, you're really desirous of connecting and engaging with your employees, doing surveys through platforms like SurveyMonkey, etc., uh, it's really doable and not as frightfully expensive as it also otherwise could be. So I'll just mm. put that out there. But when you talk about measuring success, because again, if you have leadership or you want to get leadership by and you want to show the outcome of what it is you've done, there are a few metrics you can use. I mean, as far as externally, whether or not the brand impact is there, things like earned media mentions online, how many people are talking about your brand, how frequently, uh, you know, if you have a formal employee advocacy program and your advocates are posting content, perhaps with links through to your platforms, you can measure where those connections are coming from. Uh, there are other internal metrics like retention rates. Uh, are your top performers staying or are your top performers leaving? Right. Things like that, that speak to the level of engagement in the brand that exists or does not exist, you know. And as I mentioned earlier, doing your surveys to understand whether or not your employees are truly engaged, satisfied and proud to work for the brand and the level of awareness that they have. Do they feel they have the tools they need? All of those routine survey questions where you can track the responses over time to see if there are improvements or not. Uh, those are the ways that I think you can gather information and data to share with your leadership team to show that, yes, we're doing a good job of engaging and empowering our employees. And this is how it's showing up externally as well. Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. And I think there's some really clear metrics you know items we can measure in there that would be valued at that top level as well by your leadership so that's absolutely that's really good you know and it's easy I think you could probably do a myriad of different things in this space but unless you measure the impact you may not get the long-term support to keep them going yes indeed Uh, and I I like what you said there about the podcast is recorded on an iPhone and you know put Mm -hmm. together in Canva that's not expensive stuff, right? That's easy not to do all. that. Yeah. Not at all. Very and you're using your employees. You're not hiring an expensive media personality because employees <laughs> like to see themselves. They like to see each other. So, hey. Yeah, completely. And it's so much more authentic that way, isn't it? You know, I want to hear from the person building my Harley Davidson, how great it is on the production line there, you know, how much passion goes into it. Yes, That's that's really powerful. 
Carrie Ann, thanks so much. No, normally at this stage, I say, you know, how uh, should people best connect with you if they want to find out more? But I think you're probably going to tell me they should listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I think well, you should as well. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you know, there are two ways. So yes, thank you, Andy. The podcast is my personal passion project. I'm the producer and host. So it's the internal marketing podcast. So it's available wherever podcasts are and just Google it and you'll find it. It's going to come right <laughs> up there. Uh, but I'm also on LinkedIn, Carrie Ann Stimson or Carrie Ann Betton Stimson. And um, feel free to connect with me there. I'm always eager to have conversations with folks who really love to dig into this topic. And of course, all things marketing as well. Excellent. And I will post links to the show and to your LinkedIn profile in these, the show notes for this episode as well. But thanks ever so much again for joining me, Carrie Ann. I've thoroughly enjoyed meeting you and chatting with you and learning a bit more about subject in telemarketing that isn't given the airtime that it perhaps deserves and that you are giving it so thank you for doing that thank you andy i appreciate the opportunity to be here